0: Hey, everybody, thanks for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today, we have Tyler Hickson with Open Door, and he's here to share how Open Door has already purchased over 10,000 homes in Arizona and almost 2,000 year to date. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm Steve Trang, broker, owner of Stunning Homes Realty, and I help people become real estate entrepreneurs. If you're excited for today's show, please give me some waves, give me some hearts. And before we get started, I did start the show because I want to give back to the community. Uh, we've struggled before, and you know we talked a little bit about your guys' process. There was some the struggle on your guys' parts, and we want to shortcut that struggle for as many young leaders as possible. I don't charge a dime for this show. I don't make any money doing this. So here's all I ask: um, th- this is the cost to you guys. If you get value out of this show, please tell a friend. Either share this episode now, tag a friend below, or ta- uh, tell your friend your best takeaway from the show later on. That way, we can all grow together. Uh, and don't forget, this is a live show. So while we're doing the Q and A sessions, please post your questions, and we can. And Tyler would would love to answer them for you. All right, you ready?
1: Certainly. Let's do it. Okay.
0: So we'll start really simple. Yeah. How did Open Door come to be?
1: Uh, so Open Door came to be because there was a gap in sort of the experience that was needed okay. in the in the in the industry mm-hmm. you know so we know what are what are the three biggest pain points for for a seller in the traditional process and then how can we essentially like flip those on their head and make that our highest value proposition yeah right so originally it comes down to uh, transparency there's a lot of lack of transparency within the industry especially mm-hmm. within the costs and right. sellers particularly a lot of times you like there's so many moving pieces. You don't know how much you're actually walking away with until so you get to the end of the line, right? right? There's like so many obstacles you have to overcome That's a in the process. That's in, in and of itself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, certainty of execution, right, mm-hmm. which we still see today, you know, anywhere from 15 to 20 plus percent of transactions in a mm-hmm. year are are fall-throughs in the, right. due to buyer financing contingencies, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then simplicity. It's a very complicated, long process that uh, in – a like, stable market can take 90-plus days on yeah. average. Uh, and so how do we then take all those and, and create a new experience that uh, we can eliminate those issues? Right. Uh, so one, like providing transparency on all the fees up front, putting the seller in the driver's seat, mm-hmm. giving them control over the timeline, uh, allowing them to cancel at any time penalty-free, so making it like as risk-free as possible, and then being able to do it simply with, with one experience and, and a few clicks of a button.
0: Okay, so the pain was... People walking through, or, or the uncertainty? Yep. The net, what was the third thing?
1: Yep, transparency and simplicity. Okay, simplicity right? and transparency. Convenience.
0: So do you think then that, you know, if an agent was able to convey, or maybe even guarantee an amount in the original uh, consultation that would help solve the the the, the, the need for Open Door? Just, just throwing this out there.
1: Yeah, so in terms of like, if I put on like my realtor hat, yeah, right, and like right. step outside of open door and I look at how are different, what are different ways I can uh, change the paradigm, mm-hmm. right? And so, uh, one of those is to be able to provide a guaranteed option, right? yeah. which is not a new phenomenon, right? right? Uh, the question is how many can do it at the ability uh, that we can in terms right. of the, scale. the the minimal cost associated with it, yeah. uh, and so that's one. And we know like with convenience. People will pay a premium right like right. we all do you know we all have amazon prime memberships like we all take <laughs> ubers like yeah. you're happy to pay one or two percent more for mm-hmm. something that is like an infinitely better experience yeah uh the convenience factor uh is a huge one and and which is going to be the hardest one for a traditional agent to solve mm-hmm. right how many traditional agents can list a home on the mls but eliminate showings while right. also providing a market value offer yeah. right so like there's there's ways in, in which uh, hopefully as we sort of pave the way for a lot of this that new companies new technologies new opportunities come out that that help everyone in that process to be able to provide an overall better experience for yeah. sellers and buyers yeah we can't argue necessarily the simplicity I mean simplicity simplicity
0: people want to pay value for it mm-hmm. or premium for it uh, but it's interesting the the transparency part because and the certainty part because those are two things that we've talked a lot about in the coaching program that I'm in with Craig Proctor mm-hmm. and we'll we'll go into it later on but it's interesting that that's you guys went in there with these are the two pain points or multiple pain points people were experiencing so how did you become affiliated with Open Door
1: nearly by accident uh, yeah. i had recently moved to arizona from north carolina mm-hmm. uh, and i got on i uh, was selling new homes with a builder uh, and the first home I sold for the builder, Open Door, was on the other end. So- In North Carolina? In, no, in Arizona, oh, okay. in Phoenix. And so this was uh, early 2016. Okay. Uh, so we had a move-in ready spec, had a family come in, they really loved the home, but they, they had still had their current home. Mm-hmm. So I was walking them through the options, like look, we can either uh, help you get in touch with an agent, we can get them on the market, we can build this home on another lot, we can like sync it all up, or come back to me in a few weeks, once your home's under contract, Hopefully this is still here. You know, it was just it was a very uncertain like value proposition mm-hmm. uh, for these people who just like desperately wanted this home. Right. Uh, and they said, well, we've heard about this thing called Open Door. And I go, I have no idea what you're talking about. So actually. it was already
0: up and running before you. It was up yeah, and running. Would,
1: would, would. Uh, very small, still at that point. Okay. Uh, we're buying about maybe 40, 45 houses a month. Mm-hmm. Um, they had heard about it on the radio or gotten a mailer. Uh, so they showed me the website. And I was like, "This is either great or it's a total scam." Uh, <laughs> so I told them to go ahead and get an offer. Yeah. I comped their home and sort of gave them a range on where where I thought the value should should come in at. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Go ahead and get an offer, like us just see what happens." Uh, the offer came back right on the money. The total fee uh, for them was only seven and a half percent. They signed with the builder and signed with Open Door on the same day. And twenty eight days later, they just moved from one house to the next. Right. And so, from as soon as they like walked out the door, I started trying to figure out. How can I, how can I be a part of this? okay uh, so there's something that you saw that you're like man this is a really cool
0: right. company that I want to work with and
1: yeah it for me coming from a small town in North Carolina where it was very easy to know uh, sort of the stack ranking of agents right mm-hmm. there's yeah. you know only a few uh, major brokerages, smaller agent pool you know uh, for instance they had like 40 new listings come on the market last month right. in this town and looking at myself moving out to Phoenix, I Spent a lot of time trying to research who are was who sort of changing the game or doing something that's new and innovative, and how do I, as a consumer, moving into Phoenix, I don't know anybody, no mm-hmm. connections. If I need to, if I want to hire an agent, how can I possibly like find um, a great service or a great a great person? Because it's mm-hmm. everybody's independent brokerages. You know, there's uh, forty-five thousand agents in Maricopa County right. alone. Uh, right. And sort of in that process, I discovered Open Door and was like, this is this is what I've been looking for. Uh, and just r- stumbled in the door, right place, right time.
0: All right, so one thing you mentioned earlier was, was Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Why are you guys in Phoenix? Why is everyone starting yeah, in Phoenix? Yeah, it's the mecca
1: of everybody's just yeah. airdropping in. I mean, I would uh, think
0: the Bay Area, where, where all the tech companies are at, that's where they should start. So why why does yeah. everyone start in Phoenix?
1: W- Phoenix is great because it's uh, representative of like, like 80% of uh, phoenix like represents most other mid to major size markets in the country so phoenix is one where you've got a lot of transactions happening Mm -hmm. it's a very like healthy economy medium price point is still in a in a normal band that that mimics most of the rest of the country Mm -hmm. Um, so it's a great like starting ground uh for that so Uh, you think
0: demographic wise is very much like other major metropolitan correct
1: yeah when you're looking at there's you know tens of thousands of transaction size happening a year and happening in that like 200 to 350 mm-hmm. uh, price band uh, that'll give you a good indicator of what's going to happen uh, in uh, in another you know similar market across the country right. uh, which we've seen sort of going into Atlanta and places like that right uh, that are very similar uh, I'd also hope that our CEO grew up in Glendale and so, ah, so, well, that so that was some, the some problem hometown love there yeah. um, <laughs>
0: okay so I actually uh, I've talked about this with a couple other investors as well mm-hmm. Um, and I have my own theory on this, yep. uh, it's that if you look at Phoenix, uh, unlike most markets, if you have, let's just say today, right? I'm in the right, right studio right now, we're in Tempe. We're fi- we finished this, I get out, look at my phone, someone's like, hey, I wanna sell my house in Glendale, right? I can say with certainty, I'll be there in 45 minutes. But if I'm in California, then that 30 minutes can be four hours, yeah. or it could be 30 minutes or, and I don't know how it is the rest of the country, uh, but I could run a team that services the whole valley pretty well with one like location, right, right. Uh, with one building, whereas I think the rest of the um, uh, the country, you don't have that uh, flexibility. Because if you look at real trends, do you pay attention to real trends at all? If you look at like the top 1,000, I don't know what the number is, but I think it's like, I feel like 20% are in Arizona. And I think like traditional real estate teams start that way. So right. I think that's probably, Mm-hmm. uh, the convenience for you guys too. Anyway, that's, that's my theory. Uh, so what were some of you guys early struggles? Uh, when you guys opened up here? Yeah.
1: Where do we start? Uh, uh, one, I think like ignoring or, um, not outreaching to like the traditional real estate community mm-hmm. early enough. So um, it's kind of adversarial in the beginning. Some somewhat adversarial. Like, towards like, you, so, not you towards yeah. So when I started, um, Prior to that, we weren't operating within the traditional industry at all Mm -hmm. in terms of we weren't making offers on homes that were represented by an agent, Uh, primarily because we were trying to still uh, figure out what we call proof of concept, right? right. So could we, uh, is there a there there? Can we Mm -hmm. buy a home directly from a homeowner using our platform? Yeah. Um, But then all of a sudden, when you have 100 listings pop on the board, everyone it sort of goes like, well, where did this come from? Mm-hmm. Who are you? And there's sort of like two assumptions that come out of that, right? Out of sort of like the fear in the unknown is either, uh, A, you're, you're taking advantage of homeowners, they're leaving tons of equity on the table. Mm-hmm. You know, you're making flashy offers and like bonking them over the head during the inspection period. Right. Uh, and then, you know, catching them in a vulnerable position. Uh, or B, you're making great offers to sellers and you're out to eliminate real estate agents. Mm -hmm. Uh, Neither of which were true, uh, thankfully, and it's sort of, it's very much evolved over time uh, in terms of like the sentiment and the reaction we get. Um, Now the most common question I get is like, you're not making money on these houses, like how does this actually work? Right, and Uh, that's a question later on that we're gonna get to. Yeah, so uh, one, I think like we definitely misstepped uh, and could we have done it any different? I don't know, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, we sort of came together when we did and everything sort of like fell into place uh, and we learned a lot of those lessons, but uh, we could have learned more from the industry, I think, uh, yeah. early on and like having more you know, almost like advisors, right? So looking at it is something we think about a lot, like having advisors in markets and you know, I spend a lot of time talking to, to agents in Phoenix and, mm-hmm. and all over the country and looking for ways um, to develop new ideas for agents. Right. Uh, the other was... Like uh, technology and security, like things like that. Like you know, we our homes used to be open twenty four hours a day, and if you did the text to enter, it like came to our cell phones, and like mm-hmm. we were the ones at three a.m. trying to like
0: oh people were doing this uh,
1: yeah like pe- <laughs> you know so we were <laughs> it was like very hacky it was always like uh, very hacky in the beginning yeah uh, and so. Uh, as we've hired on just like world-class talent and just like learned lessons the hard ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, you know, the quickest way to success is to fail like a hundred times, right? right. Um, so we could spend three hours just like talking through, through all those. <laughs> uh, but luckily we learn quickly, we move quickly. Yeah. Um, and, and from there, we just wanna keep like leveraging that. So some of the complaints that you guys had in the beginning, you said that,
0: um, or one of the things you said was that people were asking, how do you, you know, you're taking these people's equity, mm-hmm. you don't get this question anymore.
1: Not in, the, we still hear a lot of the rumblings, right? Okay. And, and I do, you know, so you get, we're all on the Facebook forum, right? right. So you see, uh, you know, that you can, that sellers are leaving money on the table and they, mm-hmm. and they don't even know it, right? right? Which is one that I take issue with because they go, that's very like patronizing to your consumer, mm-hmm. right? Like consumers are smarter now than they ever have been before. Mm-hmm. Like um, you can run a net sheet pretty easily as a seller, right? right. There's like three sort of options. Uh, there's either like the Fisbo option, which is mm-hmm. like, the worst experience, the longest time, but potentially the most money. There's like the traditional option, which is mm-hmm. uh, costs some money, but can like maximize your uh, your market value, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then there's our option, which is uh, becoming more of like the better experience, and maybe costs a little more to do so, mm-hmm. but you're getting the trade-off of time and uh, right. certainty for that. So
0: you're saying like between the traditional? I mean, we I think everyone agrees Fisbo sucks, <laughs> right? So we're talking between the traditional and open door. You're saying open door. Um, it's costs a little bit more for the homeowner, but it's worth it in that homeowner's mind, right? The experience justifies the premium that they're paying.
1: Yeah, and it, and it, everything's fluid, right? And so the mm-hmm. spectrum is always shifting. So two years ago, uh, when our average fee was like 11%, mm-hmm. then we were very much a niche product for somebody who needed, like was relocating, like needed the certainty of execution and the speed of w- at which we could move, right? right. Um, and then now when our average fee is like 6.5% and we're achieving parity within the market, then it comes down to uh, how aggressive our valuation can be. Right, mm-hmm. can, can we strive to make market value offers? Um, the debate can come into like, what is market value, right? right? And so uh, when we look at homes, we're looking at like, what is the true value of the home as it stands today mm-hmm. based In on its present the condition. closed comps and its present condition, yeah. right? As a listing agent, my job is to speculate, right? It's to right. ride the wave of the active impendings of the market and, like, mm-hmm. find that marriage between time and dollars, right? Yeah. And there's a trade-off for everything. Right, uh, But just because somebody sells for a higher purchase price doesn't mean they're walking away with more money, right? Like, that also can come with additional costs because mm-hmm. you spent money, like prepping your home, right? right? Repainting carpet, like storage, decluttering, whatever it is. Mortgage payments. Uh, mortgage payments during that time. You're then like going on the market. You're still facing the inspection and the Benzer and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so by the end of the day, even if you sell your home for like four to 6% more on the market, mm-hmm. the average difference is less than two and a half percent in terms of yeah. what sellers are actually walking away with. Right. Uh, and then if you're a seller who's a buyer and you're just like, all your proceeds are really just mortgage dollars you're amortizing out. Like mm-hmm. it, it's all about achieving the need, right? Like we don't sell houses cause we want to as consumers, right? We right. sell houses because we need to, because exactly. we want to like accomplish a goal. Uh, so the, the more that we can help put consumers in the driver's seat and have control over that situation. Mm-hmm. And if they can accomplish that goal in 30 days, as opposed to 120 days, by the time they have these two escrows, then like there's, real traction that happens there
0: so there's two things that came up there so let me ask them if i can remember both of them uh the first thing we're talking about the inspection because you know whether you go traditional or you go open door you're still going to run into this inspection thing correct do you guys have like an estimated estimated like binzer uh repairs costs
1: yeah um, i mean every house is unique mm-hmm. right and so uh, we will come in we'll do an inspection we'll present a repair ask like a traditional buyer mm-hmm. Uh, and what we're asking for is what we anticipate the end buyer to ask us for, given right. the same information.
0: So you guys don't have like, you know, here's the budget or here's what to ask for. Like, you know, usually it's between two to three percent. It's just you guys do an inspection and then you guys get a bid and then that's what you turn into the
1: homeowner. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So it doesn't it doesn't need to fall within some sort of like specific range. Um, and there there are times in which like a high repair ask isn't always a bad thing. Mm-hmm. For a homeowner who is cash strapped, but has equity, when they're looking at the two options and we come in and say, hey, uh, it's indisputable, right? That you need a new roof and a new HVAC, right? right which alone can be fifteen, sixteen thousand mm-hmm. uh, $16,000. Any agent is going to tell them the same thing and every buyer is going to ask and expect the same thing, right? In a retail sense, that's, that seller may not have cash to complete those repairs. Mm-hmm. And with us, we will provide the ability for them to just provide to give us a credit uh, in lieu of doing the repairs, right. in which we are provide like we get steep vendor discounts. We mm. we don't put any fluff on our repair ask because we don't make money on repairs. Right, uh, and so when you have the ability to like provide that sort of service or to somebody, um, that can be a huge win uh, right. for the seller and, and for the agent who's like working with that seller.
0: Uh, so let me ask a second question to that uh, right now. So I work with a lot of wholesalers, and investors, mm-hmm. flippers in the area, uh, and one of the greatest challenge is buying the property right, right? If you bought the property wrong, if your underwriting was off, you're screwed, right? Yeah. So with the amount of volume you guys buy, who's underwriting these properties? Who's estimating what the property, what the after repair value is?
1: Yeah, so we can sort of walk through. It all starts with the initial Mm valuation, right? Because for us with having like minimal to no margins, you're right, you're walking a Mm tightrope. And if we, Overvalue, we buy a ton of houses that we mm-hmm. then lose money on. And if we right. undervalue, nobody's going to sell their home to us. Right. Uh, so we use traditional CMA approach when we value homes. Uh, we have an initial. Well, the initial
0: is, is automated, right? Or is it not? No. Oh, so everything is done. Correct. With, like, with either in house or yeah. everything's humans. Yeah. So we have. So um, the initial offer is. A person came up with that number. Yep, multiple
1: people. Yep, so we have uh, we do have an algorithm, which I'll talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, We have an in-house team, we call them our our valuation leads. They're local in every market we operate in. These are primarily made up of former real estate agents and appraisers, uh, or people with strong analytic backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And so we built uh, our own CMA tooling, right? So we pull in all the information the homeowner's giving us, we're pulling in MLS info, Zillow, uh, et cetera, Uh, And with that, the VAL leads are able to uh, control and, like, find the best comps. Mm -hmm. They're able to see all the pictures and information, like, side by side. We're making granular adjustments for every feature and item, like, in that home. Uh, And so every home is comped against three to eight uh, comps. Mm -hmm. And there's anywhere from one to three separate CMA evaluations done per property before somebody uh, kind of takes those together and, like, determines the the market value of that home. Well,
0: uh, let me take an, ask another question. How many organic yep. inquiries are you getting a day? A lot.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Hundreds, <laughs> tens, thousands. Um, I mean, thousands. We've done, uh, in Phoenix, I want to say we've probably done, you know, we've done a few hundred thousand valuations right. in Phoenix alone over the course of the last four years.
0: So if I submit an inquiry today, mm-hmm. I can expect to see an estimated value tomorrow that one to three people looked at my property and gave me a number. Correct. Impressive.
1: Yep. So yeah, we do. We, we have an algorithm, uh, of course, like, and it uses machine learning to like, mm-hmm. get smarter as it goes, and so it's sort of working alongside the, the human, mm-hmm. and the human is, is training the algorithm, essentially. Yeah. Uh, so the best way to think about it is, uh, in the beginning, say it had one calculation for price uh, per square foot for a lot, but like you and I know, the difference in Scottsdale and Queen Creek and Glendale yeah. uh, is different. So mm-hmm. as we are doing our valuations and overriding it, the algorithms like learning from that, mm-hmm. um, and so it'll do it side by side uh, with everything, and then it helps us be able to to run like predictions and like overall like forecasting and stuff. Okay, yeah. so
0: you got the people that start with the initial offer, mm-hmm. and so we got one to three people doing it. You got mm-hmm. machine learning, and then you guys do the inspection yep. afterwards, and yep. then. So yeah,
1: once we go into into contract, we'll do an inspection. So the number you guys
0: come up with initially is before meeting the homeowner and seeing the house. Correct. And you see the house. Is there an adjustment made or is there not an adjustment made? There's
1: not an adjustment made on the purchase price. Okay. Uh, With an asterisk. So the only time it will change is if the uh, seller provided incorrect information. Okay. So if somebody comes in and says, I have all these you know, I have X features and we mm-hmm. go in and find out as actually like Y features, then mm-hmm. we'll say, Hey, like this was misrepresented to us. And like, here's what we believe the true value of the home is based on the correct information. Okay. But no, when we come in and do an inspection, uh, we will, uh, that's when we sort of like do our underwriting process, okay. right? So we're looking at, uh, what is the value of the home in its present condition? Mm-hmm. What are the repairs that are needed? Uh, and then any potential, uh, like renovation type items we mm-hmm. do out of our own pocket, right? So, like paint, carpet, landscaping, you know, we do very minor things just to get it marketable. Uh, and then we re review the property again uh, right before we list it to, vi- to see how the comps have changed, mm-hmm. you know, over the course of like the 20 to 90 days since we first saw it. Yeah, offered but that's too late. It.
0: You can't do anything about that, right? right? Underwriting yeah. is, on, is on the purchase. Yeah. So, uh, Jamila's got a couple of questions. So, do you guys take into consideration to finish? So, I guess, for example, you know, it was granite tile versus.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So granite versus Corian, and for Micah, you know, butcher block, whatever it is, we're we're accounting for all of those.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, let's see. We see open door offers creep up near home. Would be worth after rehab. Do you guys ask for credit for finish? Like I say, like the house needs, like it's laminate, right? I mean, it's nineteen mm-hmm. seventies. And every laminate. other comp has
1: been upgraded, mm-hmm. right? Uh, no. So anything that's like a re- renovation type cost that that's, that's us, built into the original right so or yeah, original that, offer that's that's comes out of our bucket of money so us as principal in the transaction right we, mm-hmm. we buy the home if we choose to spend money on renovations we think it's gonna get a return on it it's gonna yeah. bring it up to value in the community uh, that's our cost and our risk okay uh, so we won't come in to a seller and say hey your house is way outdated and your four neighbors all have have done renovations in the mm-hmm. last 10 years we're gonna need you to do those uh, we don't we're not looking for that we're, we're looking not looking for, for
0: that but it's adjusted in the offer
1: yeah. So, I mean, it's accounted for if, if, if that house is, is uh, obviously not as upgraded or renovated as, like, mm. the closed comps in the neighborhood, then, yeah, we're certainly going to account for a home that, you know, every agent should, right? right. Like, for micro versus granite, et cetera.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, so, let's see. We already talked about some of the struggles. So, knowing what you know today, is there anything you guys would do differently?
1: That's a tough question. Uh, mainly, because, we like, we're growing so quickly, mm-hmm. right? So it's been, we're, we're still a very young company. I think that's one that um, is a tough misconception is that people think either way, like we're this big corporate deep pockets thing, right? And you guys are a unicorn company. We're, we are a unicorn company. Uh, there, there's a difference in like valuation and like yeah. depth of pockets, right? So right. there's, uh, you know, we're a young company, we're growing quickly, like we make mistakes, mm-hmm. you know, we learn from those mistakes, we are constantly trying to build you know, we're trying to build a world-class customer experience, and mm-hmm. with that is building a world-class operations. And so, uh, being able to continue to like operate smarter and more efficient and drive down that cost, so that we can reduce our fee mm-hmm. and put more money in sellers' pockets. Like that's our ultimate goal. Right. Uh, and it's been great to see going from you know when I started and there was 12 of us in Phoenix, mm-hmm. and now in Phoenix alone there's 185 of us. Right. And we've brought that many jobs. Like strictly to our office, like that's been sort of our contribution. We spend over a million dollars a month with local companies, like local contractors. Mm -hmm. Uh, So seeing that sort of growth and the way it's sort of that small cycle as it it continues to grow has been really wonderful to to see. Uh, And we know we have, the problems are infinite, right? right. Like we have a million problems to solve and it's just fun getting to like tackle each one each day.
0: Right, I can definitely empathize with that. Uh, So what, Nathan Clark wants to know, what are you guys gonna do when the market shifts?
1: People are always going to need to sell homes, right? right? We want to be there at that point. But would uh, you guys,
0: I mean, if the, if the whole time, right. And today I think it takes about 35 days to sell a home, right? Right. Less than that if you price it right mm-hmm. the first time. Um, but eventually we're going to have a six month hold time, Yeah, nine month hold time. Like you guys have to make some sort of changes. If yeah, nothing else, certainly. the convenience fee's got to go up. Correct. Yeah. So, so what you are you guys going to do?
1: Most of the fee. Mm -hmm. Is like our calculating our holding costs. So, right? right. So, our job is essentially to meet that seller at the point in which they're ready to transact, predict how their home is going to perform on the market, and then go ahead and meet them at that net proceeds up front and give them the liquidity to go ahead and make that next move. Okay. Right. So, for us, as long as we can see it happening in real time and we see the days on market Mm -hmm. extending, uh, as long as we're calculating for the appropriate holding costs for that, then like we will be okay. The seller is still getting value, and that when the market turns down, mm-hmm. the value of certainty increases exponentially. Right, so right. Uh, you know, looking at in uh, the the bottom of the recession, mm-hmm. you know, when you're looking at your your value is like tanking month over month, and you're going, I could easily spend twelve to eighteen months on market, right? right. But I need to move, mm-hmm. and I can't. I either pay for two mortgages or I or I what? Like, right, I just drop the price, you know, yeah. super low. But if we're able to come in at Eight nine percent in a falling market, right? To go ahead and be able to provide that certainty and say mm-hmm. we can close in two weeks, right? Then that right. changes that changes the game. So, yeah.
0: this is actually a topic that um, came up. I was on a panel a couple of weeks ago, and this exact topic came up. And I, uh, I'm wondering if by the time we have a situation where it's like a six to nine month hold time, or you know days on market, and your offers have to be adjusted for holding costs. I mean, it makes only business sense. Why mm-hmm. would you not? Right then uh, working with an agent seems a lot more competitive, Mm -hmm. right? It it seems
1: to make more sense at that point to go with an agent than not to go with an agent. Do you have any thoughts on that? Have you guys pondered that at all? I think about that, Mm -hmm. right? In terms of like where I sit within the company and like Mm -hmm. within the the industry. So I think about that continually. Um, For me, it doesn't really change because I, believe, like, our mission statement as a company mm-hmm. is we want to empower everyone with the freedom to move, right? right. 95% of the market doesn't use our type of product right mm-hmm. now, right? It's like, the agent is still king, Yeah, uh, and the path to providing every seller with every opportunity is, like, keeping the agent at the center of the transaction, Yeah, right? So, if we, and if, like, if I'm doing my job appropriately, right, and I'm equipping agents with the power to provide, like, a list option and a sale option and, like, help uh, provide those pathways mm-hmm. then whether the market is shifting up or down like we're going to be there right and so if we if our, our pricing and our product is in line with the market and like where it should be and we can remain in business uh, then the agent could be more competitive and like ultimately want what's best for the homeowner right, right? so if they take our offer great if the agent sells the house great mm-hmm. right there the, is a very large pie uh, and I mean you see right now, we typically in Phoenix have hover around 700, 700 plus active listings. Like mm-hmm. we're, those are buyer's agents all, all day long, right? Like buyer's agents love us, mm-hmm. right? Uh, listing agents, it's, it's a work in progress depending, <laughs> depending on the agent. right? Um, but eventually the, like, I, I definitely see like us being uh, in complete cohesion with, with the agent community, okay. uh, because we're really just a product for agents, right? Uh, if, if you frame it right.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Uh and then Jamil Damji wants to know uh how long do you think open door is going to or th- how long do you guys feel this current market market is going to stay this way the conditions. Ooh. Uh, you guys must have some internal economists uh, you know, predicting something. W-
1: yeah, we've, <laughs> we we do have a lot of world class economists. I uh I tend to just rely on Jim Sexton. Uh, yeah, some former DB at Real smart guy. Group. Very yeah, smart guy. I sit guy. across from him and just kind of pester him all day. Mm-hmm. Um He's not really an economist though. He's just really, really he's not smart an economist, broker. He's really Been doing this forever. So when I need to know Phoenix, I talk to Jim. Yeah. Uh, you know, honestly, I I don't know. I'm I'm not going to be the best one to, to yeah. answer. I mean, I think where what are we looking at in terms of the everything's very healthy right now, but mm-hmm. it's sort of like I don't see it like dropping out, but I do see it plateauing. Mm-hmm. Right there, there we are sort of reaching a threshold when. Uh, like income isn't rising as fast as prices, but then mm-hmm. like rents are also increasing. We're just sort of like hitting this weird. Cap I feel like we're leveling soon, off a little right? bit, right? Like it's got it's got to have room to breathe here soon.
0: Okay, uh, and then uh, Nathan Clark wants to know: Do you see, you know, companies like Zillow with their instant offers? I think Redfin did something. I want to say like eight, ten months, maybe even longer ago. <laughs> do you guys
1: see the impact of that? Is that affecting you guys in any way? It's like. It's great validation for mm-hmm. one, right? Like yeah. sort of to have Zillow laugh at you in 2015, and then now right. like join the party in 2018. Yeah, hey, imitation right? the greatest lottery. It's, it's great, um, sort of like the you know Mac to IBM uh, welcome <laughs> in the in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it definitely gives us validation. Like we have you know proven there's like a demand from consumers, right? right. They they want the experience, and the more that other players come into the space, mm-hmm. uh, the more it's going to keep pushing us and everyone like you have to deliver a great experience and right. provide a great product and you have to do it at a like a great cost yeah uh and so th- all that's going to do is like help us keep our nose to the grind and like mm-hmm. keep pushing to build that that consumer and operational excellence
0: so it's on the back of your mind but it's not a major concern that's what i'm hearing
1: yeah i mean if you spend your time too much time looking at the other guy like right. where are you going to go
0: yeah that sort of things. oh that's a very good point Uh, So this kind of leads to my next question. Uh, So you guys took my idea that I was already doing many, many years ago, and you guys took it to the next level. So I'm super jealous about the whole thing. Um, But let's just say today, you know, I was like, man, I had a great meeting with Tyler. I'm inspired. I want to go make this thing happen for myself. How would I do that?
1: Uh, You want to actually start providing the direct- I want to be open door too. You want to be open door too. Um, You're going to need cash. Right, right. Like we purchase homes cash, so we're mm-hmm. not coming in as a as a, as a finance buyer. Uh, and you're gonna need a really strong operational force behind you. Right? Yeah. So we uh, have built a very uh, like tightly knit process. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have great control over uh, how we manage the like underwrite and manage the repairs and renovations of those homes. Which is mm-hmm. like it's, it's very uh, heavy operationally. So it's not something that you can come in and just do on your own, right? right. You need a you need a great team, uh, so and two or three guys, great local presence, right? Yep. Yeah, to be able to have a shot at so it. So lots
0: of money. Yep. So we got to go raise some funds.
1: Yep, go raise some funds. Get somebody like really good at valuing homes, mm-hmm. and then somebody really good at fixing homes, and so then uh, good underwriters, hire a great agent, good right? contractors, <laughs> good agents. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because, I mean, there are obviously a lot of people doing this right now, right? Like what you guys yeah. aren't doing is a brand new, isn't a brand new is a
1: brand new concept. No, you guys are just doing it differently. Not at all. Yeah, right? we, we just sort of found a way to carve a space between like your traditional investor mm-hmm. and like your retail agent, right? Yeah. And so instead we don't need, because we're not a true flipper and that we're not trying to come in and maximize the return on a single property, mm-hmm. it, it allows us to sort of sit in a new space where uh, we can do it at a cheaper cost because we're not make, trying to make a large margin mm-hmm. on the home. Uh, but the ability to then like balance out, right, is you can do, your a small group or one person who can do, you know, four properties a year, say, right. like, very well, right, and, and make a good income and like provide a good service and, and run a good team, mm-hmm. right? But then if you're looking at, at us, right, we've done 2,000 homes in Phoenix this year. Yeah. Uh, y- you can't do that as a small, like, or not like a be pretty very tough. well-oiled <laughs> machine, right? Uh, not sleeping if you are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay, so let's walk through what an open door offer looks like, right? So yep. I'm in my house, right? I'm on my computer. I'm typing in, typing the address. What what happens then?
1: Okay, so you type in your address. You're going to tell us information about the interior features and conditions of your home, mm-hmm. primarily, right? Uh, what type of flooring is your main living area? Like, what's the condition of your interior paint, your cabinets, appliances, bathrooms, landscaping, etc. The whole nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we force you to tell us the most important information, but we give you the opportunity to tell us as much information as you want to provide. The mm-hmm. more information, the better, right? Because the more information we have, the more aggressive and certain we can be in our valuation. Yeah. And we allow sellers to upload pictures as well, which is a huge help. Uh, so from there, the home goes through its valuation process. And within 24 hours, we're sending uh, a purchase agreement mm-hmm. over. Uh, at that point, the we present the offer uh, the offer price is what our valuation is. Uh, and then for that, there's a, a service fee charged mm-hmm. uh, to be able to purchase the home. And so say the service fee, for example, on your home is 7%. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that fee actually breaks out is 3% of that is the co-broke that we're gonna collect from the seller to provide the buyer's agent who's gonna bring the end buyer. Right. So it's a similar structure to a commission in that there is sort of like our side and then there's the co-broke side. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we're, collect, we're gonna hold 3% for the buyer's agent, that 4%, uh, the remainder that we're actually using to, to provide this service, the majority of it is the holding costs, right? So for the, for the predicted days on market that we're gonna own the home mm-hmm. uh, in your place. Uh, and then, you know, you and I have the same cost, right? Like lock, lock boxes, photography, you know, sort right. of like brokerage costs. Um, and then at the end of the day, if there's like a hair left over, then that's where we, that's where we walk away.
0: Okay. So really not a lot of margin. No. no. Um, okay. And then, uh, Jim wants to know, do you guys consider yourself a wholesaler? No. Okay. Um, all right, so let's see what else I got. All right, so I'm gonna go through some of the questions that people asked in the f- uh, Facebook forum earlier. I had posted this a couple of days ago, so we got a lot of interaction. Yeah. Uh, and guys, still, you know, ask your questions. I'm still, I think Tyler's still happy to answer them. Uh, so the first question, we got Gordon Higman. Uh, how do you guys plan on making money in a down sack? I think you guys probably talked about it a little bit already. You guys are just gonna adjust your, your convenience fee.
1: Right, so in, in adjusting the fee, like if you see it happening in real time and you're adjusting the fee accordingly, right, we can, we can still, you know, mirror our existing service. Uh, luckily the question I don't have to, like I don't get paid to think about is mm-hmm. like, once we own all of that inventory in a, in a slow market, like what do we do with it? Right,
0: um, insurance claims. Right. Fire <laughs>
1: insurance. Form a giant property management company, I don't yeah. know. Uh, so, but yeah, so in a, in a down market, it's all about the accuracy. Everything mm-hmm. for us is accuracy. Like the accuracy of the home, mm-hmm. you know, the accuracy of the market, like really understanding it from a microscopic to a macroscopic view at all times is yeah. like critical to our success. But you
0: guys don't really have like a lot of holding costs as far as like like a regular homeowner, right? Like a regular homeowner, they've got their mortgage, right? That 1500 right. a month or whatever, whatever that number is, that's going out every month, I've got no choice. right? But you guys are buying these, you, mean, you guys have raised hundreds of millions of dollars and that's not an exaggeration, that's a real yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars. So. Right. Your shareholders aren't charging you interest, obviously. So your holding costs are fairly minimal, right? In terms of like physical costs to hold. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so, I mean, that is you know, you look at it as an investor, like we're looking at it the same way you are, right? So we are, we, well, know, I have like, to pay like 13% on my money. You okay. don't have to pay 13% <laughs> on your money. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what our, what our interest rate is, uh, on those, uh, you know, but we're looking at like utility costs, like cost of service. We're, yeah. we're looking at any sort of like, um, we have people who are like visiting all these homes, doing the setup and the breakdown of the, mm. the access technology, all that. So we're, we're factoring all that in. Right. Um, so in a way it is like, it is, very much mirrors like a traditional investor's yeah. process in terms of the holding costs.
0: Okay. Uh, let's see. So. Um, so Nathan Clark wants to know if you guys are planning on expanding outside of Arizona and uh, are you guys planning on coming to uh, Rhode Island anytime soon? Which is a great question because Nathan lives in Rhode Island. Okay. <laughs> so uh, he's we king are, of Rhode Island. We're
1: in uh, 12 <laughs> markets currently. All right. Uh, we probably be in about 18 by the end of the year. Okay. Um, so we're starting to expand quickly. Um, we're in Phoenix, Dallas-Fort Worth, Las Vegas, Atlanta, uh, Nashville, Raleigh, Charlotte, Tampa, Orlando, Minneapolis, Houston, San Antonio. That's a lot of markets. It's a lot of markets at this right. point. And as yeah. one of
0: you guys, was well, one of you in each one of those markets? The agent uh, representative?
1: Yeah, so the way, yep.
0: Yeah. Yep. Okay, so they just gotta, how would they find you know their local guy? If I have like, a guy in Nashville, listening to this right now, how would you find them? Yeah,
1: so primarily uh, through our website, theopendoor.com slash agents. Okay. And so that's the site for any any agent who wants to be able to get an offer for their seller. Mm-hmm. You can do so as soon as you have that listing agreement signed. We can get you an offer within 24 hours to be able to yeah. come back and look like an all-star. Um, everything starts there, like central to that website. And so the way our structure is, uh, in in Phoenix, it's, it's the most mature market. Mm-hmm. So I serve as the buying and listing agent for Open Door mm-hmm. uh, as the agent of Open Door Home. Right. Uh, our brokerage. And then I have a team uh, of uh, agents who handle sort of our uh, acquisition offers with listing mm-hmm. agents, and then a team of co-listing agents uh, that handle all of our resales uh, with buyer agents. Uh, and so in throughout the country, we have like similar setups. Okay. In, in a new market, uh, say Houston just launched last week, then we've got like one agent there. Right. Um, versus in Phoenix where I've got like 15. Uh, yeah. to, for that for that size uh, but yeah everything starts with the website you just come in put in the address tell us all the information about the home and then we send the offer to the agent mm-hmm. uh, we don't get any contact info for the seller uh, and then the agents delivered a purchase contract in less than 48 hours
0: okay yeah uh, and Aaron Alvarado wants to know do you guys does it make sense for you guys ever do subject to no no I
1: don't
0: think so okay and then uh, Logan Hosmer wants to know what's the single trade that's helped open door become so successful so quickly
1: Uh... It's being customer first, yeah, hands down. Like that's, that's all we think about is starting and ending with the customer. So how do we create uh, an experience that's mm-hmm. world-class uh, that is simple and as stress-free as possible? Uh, and if you can figure out how to deliver on that at a cost that nobody else has been able to do before, like that's mm-hmm. true success. Um, it, it's It's not about like making money per customer, it's about like providing service per customer. So yeah. really like, at the end of the day, all we care about and all we think about is the experience.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that's what it takes today to win in any industry, not even just real estate. Uh, all right. And um, let's see. We got Patty, uh, Patty Nutson wants to know if you guys are selling homes, you usually sell the clients' homes at a low value. How do you still stay in business? I don't think you guys are really selling the houses that are low values. Do you feel that way
1: at all? No, and like I said, like all of our sales are in the MLS. Mm -hmm. So the most frequent question I get is an agent who's like, "I don't get it. You bought my client's house for two hundred, and then you sold it for two hundred eight, and you paid a three percent commission. Like, okay. (laughs) So yeah, Uh, for us, like especially when we're selling homes, um, you know, we're we're pricing with the market. So we're not we're not underselling ourselves. Right.
0: It's even harder to do that right now in today's market. Right. So Angela Kane wants to know uh, how do you guys plan to implement better communication processes with your title company because that they
1: seem to, I guess, drop the ball. Great question. Uh, And so like our title company, some is like new, growing. Like we all experience those growing pains as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So things we've done we've done recently is implement uh, some new like automation processes Mm -hmm. that removes a lot of the busy work from these operators. Uh, and with that, we've also tripled the size uh, of the the uh, escrow team uh, mm-hmm. within that. So in combination with removing a lot of the busy work, plus tripling the manpower, uh, we're quickly seeing a difference there to catch up with, with the volume and like the experience and like the threshold that we set for ourselves in terms yeah. of our expectations.
0: What are some of the busy work you guys are eliminating?
1: Uh, so the ability, and, and I'm not as tied in Mm-hmm. To, to like, the title portion in terms of, like, building that uh, day-to-day. Uh, but so we're always looking for ways, especially, you know, the biggest thing going back and forth is, like, just emailing, like, PDFs and things, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, one, and I'm not saying we've we've done this when I think about it. It's, like, uh, one of the great features with something like Dot .loop, right, is the ability to just, like, a central doc .hub that you can, like, upload it in and everybody's alerted. Like, there's ways through technology to, like, streamline that process mm-hmm. to eliminate a lot of the back and forth, right? So how can we... Uh, as uh, a home sort of moves through the life cycle uh, of that process, where do you find points of automation that you can uh, remove that, that manual process from an operator or right. even from a, from a consumer? Uh, so through technology, like building ways to streamline the process and at the same time growing out the team uh, and being able to, to provide a higher service uh, to agents and clients.
0: Uh, are, is there an open door title? Is there any plans to open an open
1: door title? So we use, uh, OS national, Mm -hmm. uh, through there. It's a joint venture.
0: Okay. Um, so going back to these questions, um, so we're talked about how do you plan to stay competitive? So, I mean, we kind of touched on a little bit, like you got Zillow and a couple of these other guys, you know, imitating your, your business models. Um, is there any plan
1: right now to stay competitive with them or are you guys just pretending they're not even there? it's not so much pertaining. They're not there. Right. It's the, you know, the threat that ends up like the predator that ends up beating you is the one you never see coming. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's like all these people there, you know, if we're all in this like drag race to the finish line yeah, and you're racing a car at 200 miles an hour, like if you spend all your time looking out the window, like you're going to crash, mm-hmm. right? Like you always stay focused on the finish line. Um, and so for us, it's like being aware obviously of what ha what's happening. Right. Like, um, you know, we're we're looking at market share just like everyone else. Um, but for us, like, w- we've built like moats, right, through mm-hmm. technology and operations and everything else. That like we have such a, we have a huge runway, right? So it's really like ours to own, yeah. um, and to keep like building more moats and more moats uh, to to be able to like keep that runway we have.
0: Okay. Um, does David Massey wants to know, does open door cover all of Arizona's counties?
1: No. Right now, uh, we've always. Primarily operate in, in Maricopa County and parts of Pinal County, so mm-hmm. like Santan Valley. Uh, we recently just opened uh, City of Maricopa, uh, mm-hmm. and so we will now purchase homes in the City of Maricopa. Okay, but yeah, outside of Metro Phoenix, uh, we don't operate in Arizona. Okay,
0: um, and then Bob Herzog wants to know: Are you guys concerned at all about agent or consumer safety with the ease of access
1: you guys provide? Yeah, we think about that every day. and That's one of our our uh, like constant uh, like worries and like progress that we want to make. Uh, through like proprietary technology, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, building, uh, we've we've presented on this at, at Inman, right? We've like shown the code stacks and everything for our yeah. what we call our Knox system. Uh, so all of our homes have proprietary security, and they they have motion sensors. We have the ability to you know set and trigger alarms, lock and unlock doors. We can tell how long a person has been in a home, Mm -hmm. uh, which provides lots of great, like fun data facts, right? If somebody's in a home for 12 minutes, they're 40% more likely to make an offer. Mm -hmm. If they're in there for 18 minutes, they're much more likely to be up to no good. Um, we've also partnered with a private (laughs) security company that has like immediate response to all of our listings in our markets. Um, and so, yeah, we're very, very much in last month. Um, we had 80,000 home visits across 12 markets, right? And so the rate of incident is like a fraction, you know, it's like a tiny uh, percent. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you know, the most common type thing that I always would like hear about is like, high school kids trying to get in somewhere to drink beer, (laughs) you know, on a Friday Is that really common? I
0: didn't know that, that's interesting. it's at least
1: in the early in the in the early days when it was you know much more like the text to enter, but yeah. now we have all these like different pieces in place with the app the proprietary security you know the contracted uh, house like third party security companies mm-hmm. like everything there is very much in, in real time uh, and we very much care about the safety of like agents and consumers and mm-hmm. so uh, we produce all the like nar um, like safety guidelines and tips. Right. Like we provide those to agents and sellers. Uh, you can go to opendoor.com slash safety if you want to learn more about like our safety uh, protocols. Do you guys have something though or like the guy's been in there for 30 minutes, it's time to send an emergency team over there? Oh, so we have the ability, like we can call them, right? Like mm-hmm. they use their phone to to get in. Yeah. Um, right. And so we have that ability to, to go in and, and be able to like, one, make contact with the customer. Mm-hmm. Two, we can always like trigger the alarm if we need to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then three, be able to like uh, call security or police if we if we okay. have reason to believe there's an issue in a home.
0: Okay, because I see that complaint come up multiple times, in our forum. Yeah, right.
1: It's uh, and part of that is like having, even from showing time, right? Like you have the go and show mm-hmm. feature, right? right? You allow overlapping appointments. Mm-hmm. Uh, the great majority, like, an agent coming to see a home and there's somebody else in the home, it's more likely to be another agent than it is like right. a visitor,
0: right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Nathan Clark wants to know if you can buy an Opendoor location.
1: <laughs> we are not a franchise company.
0: Ah, that's too bad. Yeah. Um, okay. So you can go
1: to opendoor.com slash jobs if, if you're interested. <laughs> I in don't Germany. think you'd want to work <laughs> as a job. I know him pretty well.
0: Uh, okay. So Max Menes wants to know, so you said Open Door is not a wholesale operation, but uh, you, your, your work is very similar. So what makes you different? Then We wholesale? buy
1: homes at 94% of value, mm-hmm. not 70% of value. Right, okay. we're not looking to go from seventy to one hundred and twenty. Mm-hmm. We're looking to go from, you know, ninety-four to one hundred and one. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's it's skinnier uh, margins. Yeah, much skinnier. Right, we're not we're not in there like renovating or, or changing the you know major condition of the home. Yeah. Right. So, like I said, we live between the wholesale investor and like the retail buyer. Yeah. Um. And so the process is similar. Right. Yeah. We make a cash offer on a home. We can close quickly. Uh, but we do, do not function like our underlying function is different.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see what else are there. So we talked about hiding the obvious safety issues or addressing the obvious safety issues. Uh, so Layla Woodward wants to know what her wants to know, like you guys are buying at one price and selling at a price, but there's service fees and everything else, right. Built into the offer. Mm -hmm. And I've heard this complaint from multiple realtors really about, you know, like what you guys are buying at doesn't reflect what you guys are actually buying it for, right? Because if you pad in 7% convenience fee and you pad in 12 grand for repairs, you're not really buying it for that price. What do you have to say about that?
1: Yeah, it's funny because uh, it's like, how do you make everybody happy, right? So when I first started and you know, structured the contract, mm-hmm. especially with agents, right, we wanted to create as uh, traditional a feeling as possible, mm-hmm. right? So it structured the offer where the, it was a cash offer at the net price, Mm-hmm. And we would send the offer out, and it was just very clean, right? Mm-hmm. Um, agents continually, hey, can you please stop doing that? Like, you're you're incrementally dragging down the comps mm-hmm. month after month within these communities by purchasing where the purchase price is at, uh, right. you know, 93% of value instead of 100% of value. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we restructured it. And so it's in... Uh, late 2016, we restructured it so we were writing the purchase price at what the valuation of the home was mm-hmm. and taking the fee as a concession. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, the, I, I, I'm not sure I understand the frustration there. It's like if we buy a house at 200 and then we sell it at 206, um, uh, where it seems like the, you know, I, I, I get that they want to see like how much did they actually pay minus the fees. They want the transparency. Right. So they want the transparency there. Um, but it's like, you know, then do you, would you rather have the comps? Low? Like, it's like, how do we find that middle ground where we can oh, we no. can like provide the transparency while also like maintaining, uh, the, the comp value within the communities in which we're purchasing? I'm
0: totally with you Yeah, because when you buy them at low prices and you're buying tens or hundreds at a time or in a period of time killing the comps, right? So I'm with you, but that's a complaint that's, that's out there. Um, so we talked about, you know, sellers there's no mind paying convenience for what you guys offer. So, and I think you guys done a really good job of giving this uh, this value right um, for a cost. And so there's a good friend of mine, uh, Paul Pastor, and he's always talking about uh, you agents are undervaluing how much value or how much consumers willing to pay for value because you guys are worried. You know, can you get you, know, you see, a lot of people offering all you know, this house for four percent, five percent flat fee. Flat fee is a really hot topic right now. Yeah. We got purple bricks and whatever, homie. It's
1: taking some heat off me. <laughs> That's good, right? It's good for you.
0: Um, but these guys are looking all wrong because they're not seeing value or selling value. Because instead of going more value, they're just reducing costs. And you guys are saying we're not reducing costs; we're charging more for value. So right. I, I thought that was really interesting. Um, experiment that we've been able to see. And like I was saying earlier, I do a lot of the coaching with Craig Proctor and a lot of the guys, a lot of your messages are the same messages that we have. You guys make it look better because you guys have a lot more
1: money than we do. So really good designers too. Yeah, Yeah. so
0: that wasn't really a question. I just thought that was an interesting. Well,
1: it's like agents, you know, you can't have one product, Yeah. right? We're heading into 2019, right? This Mm -hmm. is not the 1990s, right? We've got to like evolve with it. And I talk to agents all across the country, and I love hearing how different agents structure their their businesses. And I talk yeah. to an agent, it's like, yeah, of course, like I have like a seven, I have a, uh, like, you know, I have a, low, a mid, and a high program essentially. He's mm-hmm. like, I do a seven percent listing all day, but you get, uh, your carpets professionally steam cleaned, your house gets pressure washed, like you get all these additional like true services for yep. that for that cost, uh, and it's a it's a great option, right? right? And so. Uh, It shouldn't just be uh, as an independent agent who isn't part of a like flat rate or like, you know, discount type brokerage in itself, Mm -hmm. but you're trying to figure out how to compete. Right. Uh, And so you should have a like more self-service, like uh, you're going to be able to save some money, but you're going to get less like valuable offerings from Mm -hmm. that. Uh, you have your sort of like middle of the road, like traditional offering, and then you have like your premium All right, offering. concierge services. Yeah, concierge services plus the ability to like present offers from investor buyers and everything else. Like the key to the agent is to be the one stop shop, right? right? So, like, where's there's I feel like two evolutions happening. Um, one is, is you have to be able to provide a like list option and a sell option as mm-hmm. an agent, and then the other is looking at more, uh, the evolution from like the agent to the team and then what's happening next is like the expansion team. Right, right? so being able to now take in and not just have a high producing team in one market, but in four markets in four different states across yeah. the country, um, which has been a really cool thing to see in the last, like really take off in the last like 18 months. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, all these agents I knew in the last year, you know, calling me, like, hey, I'm gonna be here next, I'm going here, I'm going here. Uh, right. And we're seeing it start to, to pop up and people are really finding ways to like build true business models out of that.
0: Yep. Uh, so Brent Conley asks an interesting question. Uh, how can he be your listing agent?
1: I'm the listing agent.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're the listing agent? <laughs> yeah, I'm the listing agent. Oh, did you take that back? Yeah. Oh, why'd you take, there was, uh, who was it? Was it Jackie? What was uh, it? Jacqueline Moore.
1: Yeah. 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 So uh, we'll sort of try it around. Jacqueline, uh, uh, still with us that's right that's right next to me mm-hmm. uh, focused on more of our uh, like brokerage operations uh, and so I handle So Brent some, wants your job is what you're Brent saying Brent wants my job okay. yeah is that
0: um, available is that on the table right now
1: you know as a <laughs> we i th- believe we still might be hiring for um what we the equivalent of like a co-listing mm-hmm. uh, agent. So yeah, we do, opendoorcom door.com slash jobs for anybody yeah. who's, who's interested. Yeah. I know brands. Uh, I I, yeah. I don't think it's going to work for him. But yeah. <laughs> we, we definitely like have situations where so we hire agents to sell our yeah. homes. Right. So, uh, I had one, uh, a, few weeks back where we bought this home, it had this like custom German front door mm-hmm. on it that was just like really beautiful and like awesome, but we couldn't put our access technology on it. Uh, we couldn't change out the, the lock and we didn't wanna take it apart just to make it open access. So instead of making it part of like the open door platform, uh, I called up Corinne Wynn and it was like literally a couple streets over from where Corinne lives mm-hmm. and had her listed for yes. us. Uh, so we, we do that all the time where we mm. either have houses that are either a like tough for us to sell because of our open access or B it's like a unique circumstance for the home, mm-hmm. in which case we'll go find a great local agent to sell that home for us.
0: All right. So that's a great point. I'm sure a lot of agents love hearing that you probably just got blown up on your, on yourself. <laughs> so what do you plan on listing with all the listing leads you create? Like what do you guys do with them? Throw them uh, in the
1: trash? Yeah, we, we respect the privacy of our, of our consumers, mm. okay. uh, certainly. Um, there's, it's a huge, like, it's a huge puzzle, mm-hmm. right? So one, like, what is the most common question I get from agents, right, is, can I have your leads? Mm-hmm. Uh, from, in places like Phoenix, you know, it's very tough, like, if you talk to a home seller, mm-hmm. right, and either, like, they're outside of our buy box or, like, our fee is too high or whatever it is, and we'll, we'll ask them, like, hey, like, if you need an introduction to an agent, We work with hundreds of agents Mm -hmm. every month, right? Like we will happily introduce and make a referral in that situation. Uh, Sellers in Phoenix, we know like there's one agent for every 154 people in this metro. So like everybody knows an agent. Um, Buyers, we do a lot of buyer referrals. Like we have so many home people visiting our homes in either situations where, A, they're like a high intent buyer who needs additional help, right? Mm -hmm. They either like need longer work with the lender or like, they uh, have found an area they like, they've seen all of our homes in that neighborhood, but mm-hmm. they wanna go see that HomeSmart listing, right? Yeah. And we can call an agent and help them uh, make that introduction. Because mm-hmm. for us, like, you know, the likelihood of somebody walking into our home and buying it that day is the same as an open house, right? It's like less than 2%, right? right? But overall, if we can help that person, it, whether that's purchasing from us or purchasing with an agent, purchasing another home, like we want that person to succeed. right? Um, so yeah, we make we make local referrals in all of our markets uh, all the time. Okay, cool.
0: Like I said, I think you're gonna get blown up. Um, what do you guys do when someone's upside down? Or their equity just, there's just not enough equity for you guys to buy it? Uh,
1: I, you know, unfortunately at this stage that we can't help everybody. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's lots of uh, situations that we would love to be able to solve, right? Mm-hmm. So on that end, like helping somebody who's upside down, um, and being able to do that. But unfortunately, like I can't just like pay more for a house because somebody doesn't have enough equity. I think you should. Right? Step up. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, on the other end that we look at like, I've always like jokingly offered like any agent that can figure out how to break the FHA flip rule. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're, we're subject to all the same things that everyone else is. Are we talking
0: about legally or? Well,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, okay, so. Right now, if you if they're if they don't have enough equity yeah, you guys just tell yeah, them, and you same can't thing help on
1: them. buyers, we don't do like we don't do seller financing. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we can take somebody and we're not we're not the, the lender on that where we can work with them on like a uh, lease purchase or mm-hmm. a rent to own type type situation. So there's there's a million opportunities and like problems out there to solve, right? Mm-hmm. But like we can't get distracted by trying to solve all of them at once. Right. right? So we have like a core set of things we're trying to solve for and like build mm-hmm. right now. And then uh, as we get to like running very quickly and like that road, road we're paving is smoother, then we can start like branching out and trying to figure out how to address other needs. Right. Yeah. So so um,
0: do you have a short sell person that you recommend right now?
1: I do not okay. uh, in the, we, We'll do like I've experimented with working with short sale, uh, Mm -hmm. so being able to like make offers on people who are in a short sale situation, whether they have like um, bank approval or not. Mm -hmm. Um, Like we're we're happy to try and like go down that go down that path and provide a service Mm -hmm. and. Uh, uh, short sale agents like it, especially because like we have the ability to present an offer. Mm-hmm. We're flexible on the timeline, um, and we're sort of like willing to, to hang in there um, yeah. with it to see if we can provide a solution. And If we can, you know, it's unfortunate, but like we're happy to to try and help with that. Okay.
0: Um, and then I heard you mentioned earlier, like high intent buyers that are dealing with like credit challenges or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is there a lender or credit repair company that you guys work with?
1: We, I mean, we. we you know, we're selling hundreds of homes mm-hmm. every month, and so we interact with a lot of lenders. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have, like, you know, a few lenders that, like, I can always rec- yeah. <laughs> recommend personally. Okay. Um, you know, Austin Bates at uh, VIP did... did I just bought a house a few months ago. He yeah. did my loan. It was great. I uh, would highly recommend him. Uh, Ryan Oaken with Movement Mortgage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Halderson at, at VIP. Uh, and so just... Uh, but we don't necessarily have, like, a... Uh, as it stands today, like a, like primary, like lender funnel. Okay. Particularly.
0: Um, and then let's see, this might sound a little personal. Okay. Uh, why does Open Door feel they don't need to follow the contract when it comes to completing repairs?
1: That is a good question. So I would assume uh, uh, they're referring to like a resale yeah. type situation. Uh, we absolutely want to follow the contract and, and do follow the contract. Yeah. Um, so in a situation Uh, where there's a repair that's like outstanding and say like can't be completed prior to close, we can either A, like happily extend closing uh, or B, provide a letter of intent. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we'll see it uh, on things where it's either uh, like an HVAC part or something or like for like a furnace or um, some of you know, like windows, something something that's going to take weeks of production or whatever to like get the Mm -hmm. actual like part or piece. Um, So we're always, we're always flexible. And so, uh, we absolutely like use the AAR purchase contract and like w- abide by the terms of that purchase contract and wanna be as flexible as possible in that experience.
0: So when you were talking earlier about you guys wanna provide the ultimate customer service experience mm-hmm. for the sellers, do you guys have the same thing for buyers on your
1: properties? Yeah, well I mean, of course we, we would love to, right? right? It's like the goal is how do you build a transformative like selling and buying experience, mm-hmm. right? So uh, with buyers looking at it starts with ease of access, right, so uh, Un- unlocking the ability for for buyers to be able to, to visit properties on their own time and their own schedule. Uh, for me, like when I moved to Phoenix, it was great. Like I knew I was going and me being in the industry, right? Mm. I knew I was going to rent for like six months to a year uh, coming from a small town to this, like I literally live like two blocks from here when okay. I first moved here. Uh, and But I wanted to start kind of like exploring the valley, right? Yeah. But I didn't want to take up an agent's time because I knew I was still like six to 12 months out. So I would go see open door homes and started like getting closer and closer and knowing like, okay, great. By the time I'm ready to purchase, uh, I can call an agent. I've already sort of like self nurtured myself into like the area I want. And so then the value, like the value of the time that I'm using with that agent is gonna be much higher than had I just said like, hey, I just moved here, like show me the best three, two, 1500 square foot house under 300,000, right? (laughs) Like, um, so it starts there, right? Like of building an, an experience that's, that's easy to shop for homes. And then from there, it's like, how do you continually start building on each of the other processes from, uh, like pricing and offers and like negotiations to then like inspection and repair and like getting the home and like, um, predictable product, uh, in terms of, uh, when you walk into an open door home, you should ex- you should have an understanding and uh, of like what condition that home is going to be in, yeah. right? Or like they should feel similar to each other, right? Either from uh, our like physical marketing and like the experience, right, of going into an open door home, uh, to especially for agents knowing like here's the like we can guarantee they've always done this type of work, mm-hmm. or we know they're going to be. Uh, flexible in the bins or negotiations, uh, and then whatever they agree to, they're they're going to follow through on. Uh, and so there's like it's easiest in theory, right? And then mm-hmm. it's like the the challenge is every day waking up and getting better at executing it, right? Right. especially when you depend on the repairs is depending on like outside vendors and services and like managing hundreds of transactions and trying to figure out okay how can I continually be able to execute at a high level on on that many projects at the same time. Uh, and just getting like a little bit better every every day, uh, so that you know we look at a year or two from now, uh, that question isn't like thought of, right?
0: All right. Uh, what would you say are like we already talked about branding a little bit. Like, what would you say are like two or three things that are key to your branding success?
1: Let's uh, say one like the experience. Right. So whether it's um, in particular, I'm thinking of like the visiting experience, right? Mm-hmm. The ability to like find the home on your app. Get directions to it. You pull up to the house, and you can press one button on your app, and that home unlocks. Mm-hmm. You know, it knows you're there. Uh, the future, right, of being able to potentially like personalize experiences, yeah, um, would be would be amazing. But right now, it stands apart. Like uh, the physical experience of like finding and seeing uh, and show like touring an open door home mm-hmm. uh, is the biggest differentiator uh, in terms of our our. Marketing, you know, we've we've tried a thousand things from, you know, we do a lot of the most traditional things like mailers, right? Yeah, you know, we've gotten into radio. We recently did um, our, our first video like commercial mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a long time since like the very early days when we kind of tested with it. Um, and so really about uh, differentiating the experience, right? And so having the consumer understand what is different about selling your home to open door than mm-hmm. it is like going down any other pathway. Uh, and two, then like creating a physical experience that nobody's ever created before.
0: Right. Okay. Um, and then let's see, we're gonna talk about the business models. Uh, do you guys have a goal of percent margin or dollar amount for every transaction you guys do? Is there a target?
1: We make an average of less than 1% yeah. on, on any home that we sell. Which so you is, guys
0: are profitable.
1: Uh, there's a difference in like <laughs> <laughs> making an average of less than 1%, uh, uh, you know, it's it's when you start looking at like a company, right, mm-hmm. that is growing very quickly and like expanding in new markets, mm-hmm. and then you start slicing and dicing, like, when and where do, does money go to help subsidize like growth in new markets? Mm-hmm. Um, comparatively, I mean, you look at, uh, you know, Amazon went, what, 22 years before they ever turned a profit because they just kept reinvesting, right? All right. Um, Again, like, not a problem. I get paid to think about. <laughs> I I spend you know my my days with my realtor hat on figuring out how to work with real estate agents. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then jimmy wants to know: Did you ultimately buy an open door home?
1: I did not buy an open door home. Yeah. <laughs> I, I looked at many homes. No. Uh, R.J. Cushing with J.K. Realty was the listing agent for the home that I purchased. Yeah. Uh, he was great. Uh, you know, I would use him for myself if I needed to like sell my own home. and uh, Didn't want to. Wasn't me. Yeah. Uh, but no, no. I bought a I bought a market home. Okay. Uh, I would definitely buy an open door home, but where I was looking for a very particular, like location, right, uh, and price point, and and ultimately like we just didn't have a we didn't have a house there.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, what you just mentioned radio and video. Mm-hmm. So where are you guys advertising right
1: now? Uh, social. It's so like online. Uh, we do a lot of that. We still do it's like Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. So you'll see this on Facebook. Um, uh if you like if you go to opendoor.com i mean you'll see us you know throughout your your future browsing mm-hmm. uh beyond that uh but yeah we do a lot of, like we we've gotten into the like, the facebook and the social game within the last mm-hmm. uh year or so um and in the very beginning we did like a ton of like mailers and stuff right it was very traditional yeah. farming techniques um in, in which now we can in phoenix um i don't think we do mailers quite as often because yeah. now we we are more of a household name it's not as much of a a reminder game
0: so Mailers, mm-hmm.
1: starting TV, right? Yeah, we ran. Um, we did a video commercial. Uh, we actually maybe have even just only published it online. Okay. Um I didn't really watch TV though, so actually we could have a hundred commercials and I wouldn't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I've heard that you guys make <laughs> on, like, big on Pandora. TVs. And I have yeah, no idea yeah, I don't, radio ads, I don't yeah. use Pandora. Yeah.
0: Uh, so we got. Um, you guys still, you guys doing pay-per-click for a while? You guys still doing pay-per-click?
1: Um,
0: I would assume so. Okay. So, yeah. Do you guys
1: track, like, where's, like, your top two or three lead sources? For a long time, like, radio was our, was, like, our biggest converter. Uh, mm-hmm. mailers, of course, like, are great, like, awareness tools, especially, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, that's a difficult space, right? Especially mm-hmm. in Phoenix, where everybody's getting, like, yellow letters, and mm-hmm. all the, like, investor mailers, and then looking at, like, well, what is this? It's all open noise door? At this point. You know, it just becomes, it becomes noise, right? Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing is like, w- of course, like word of mouth mm-hmm. and for sale signs, right? So yeah. people start seeing four open door for sale signs on their drive to work every day. Like when they go to sell their home, they're going to, they're going to think of this, right? right? Or they're at least going to have like seen an open door home. Um, you know, homeowners love to go check out open houses, right? Because they always mm-hmm. wonder what their neighbor's house looks like. Capturing them there, right? So, they can yeah. every time an open door home comes for sale, like, how many neighbors do you think are like walking by at night going, Oh, I was wondering what that house looks like? and they can actually just go in and see it, right? Right? Um, so yeah, at this point, uh, word of mouth and like physical signage, uh, along with with radio are, are probably our biggest. So, I just need a crap load of polars. signs out there. You, you need a lot my signs next to yours. You need a lot of signs, <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, when is open door coming to Charlotte?
1: We're in Charlotte,
0: you're in Charlotte, yep. All right, Justin, yep. hope we're live. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. All right. So if there's one message you would want to leave everybody with, what would you want to leave them with?
1: In the real estate community, particularly like we uh, we're just another tool Mm -hmm. in your tool belt, right? Like we're we're your local buyer, uh, we're your local seller. And so the ability to uh, approach every seller with multiple opportunities, right? And we believe that every seller deserves every opportunity uh, to sell their home because there's no longer one path, right? Mm -hmm. It used to be like, you listed your home. Or you sold it yourself right yeah. and now there's a a myriad of different ways mm-hmm. right to sell your homes uh, and it's important that the agent is still like the expert there right and they're at the center of that transaction they're providing all those opportunities right mm-hmm. so listing that home or the ability to come back and bring an offer and come to our website it'll take you three minutes right like what's the least you can do for your seller right like bring right. them an offer very quickly and if it works great mm-hmm. we have lots of value propositions especially in today's market and all of these markets we're in and like I guarantee pretty much every person listening right now is in a seller market, right? Yeah. So if you have a seller who also needs to buy and you can eliminate the stress and the uncertainty of that home sale, you can go make an offer like on that next home today, right? You can right. get an offer from us, they can sign it and you can worry about just finding that next great home and not have to worry about what do we do with this current home? We had an agent last week who did that. The, agent, the buyer called her in a panic, said, I have to have this house they weren't set to list his house for another two weeks and so we were able to present an offer and they he got that house right we were able to within 24 hours get him an offer it worked signed our contract they made an offer you know the listing agent on the other end sees that contingent offer and sees its open door on the other end and they were able to to like make that work so we want to like decrease cycle times for everybody
0: okay all right so appreciate that thank you very much if someone wants to get a hold of you how would they do
1: that? Yeah, opendoor.com slash agents. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be their primary way. Uh, if you need uh, an inquiry outside of that that you can't find on the website, you can always email agents at opendoor.com.
0: All right, perfect. All right, guys, thank you. Uh, thank you. And if you guys like this show, please do share this episode. And please join me next Wednesday at 2 o'clock. We got Elijah Rubin. Uh, he's the king of houses burnt to a crisp. So he loves fire houses. And um, he's also the. The guy that runs a young millionaire society. And don't forget to join or check out our website, realestatedisruptors.com so you can find out about our upcoming events. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Until next time, guys.